Hey there, Cable Cult Classic from 1982, The Beastmaster is turning 40 this year, and that's like 170 billion in dog years. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Hey there, and welcome to the Magnificent Huge Podcast. This is episode 228. My name is Chris, and this week, along with my cohorts, Eric and Brian, we're going to set the Wayback Machine to 1982 to take a look at the Beastmaster, sword and sorcery sci-fi fantasy epic that uh, really is just a B-movie extraordinaire. It stars Mark Singer, Tanya Roberts, Rip Torn, John Amos. Uh, it's a crazy story about a guy that can communicate with animals telepathically, and... Uh, see through their eyes and there's a princess rescue involved and an evil death cult and uh, some child sacrifice. You can't go wrong with that, right? Uh, it's a fun one. It's from Don Coscarelli, the director of Phantasm and later Bubba Hotep. And it's just uh, cheese. It's just cheese. That's really all you need to know about it. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend you go search it out and uh, take a look. And then come on back and hear us talk about it. Because it's turning 40, which means that it's uh, old. In dog years, it's like 125 billion years old now. And uh, just FYI, it's one of the ones that uh, we watched constantly as youngins because in the 80s, it was on cable TV all the time. So I personally have probably seen this thing at least 100 times uh, because, you know, sometimes you just need to turn your brain off. And this is definitely a movie that will help you accomplish that, much like the podcast. So if you like what you hear, send us an email, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. You can reach us at Twitter, at MagHuge. Go ahead and follow the page and share us around and like and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can reach us out at uh, Facebook and Instagram if you like. You can also hit us up on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and then, uh, of course, reach out to us uh, via our website, maghuge.com. All those are avenues where you can find the show. But without further ado, we're going to jump right in. 1982's The Beastmaster. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. It's the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Brian. Hi, Brian. I'm Eric. Hi, Eric. I'm Chris. Yeah, okay. Don't anybody say hi to me. Together, That's fine. We're magnificently huge. Yeah. Uh, just trying not to talk yeah. over you guys so <laughs> <laughs> does it ever really matter that's the only time that's going to happen during this podcast we're going to talk each other for the next hour or so uh first we'll talk over each other while we talk about the new stuff we've been watching and reading and exactly whatever. yeah the fresh shit this shit is fresh right to it God, it's been so long since we've talked. I've got so much that I've seen, yet nothing I can remember. You ever feel like that? I know sometimes? we're so we're so out of practice. <laughs> yeah, it only takes. Yeah, a week. we we usually record this record this podcast every other week, and we do two weeks worth. And uh, well, my computer was not cooperative last week, so yeah. we don't remember anything we said before, or why we're here, or Any or that. what we've been doing. Good times. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll I'll do this because mine's real quick. Uh, uh, this this week I tried just for shits and giggles to listen to the uh, Billboard top five songs because <laughs> I was like I'm an old man. 
I'm I gotta I gotta at least try to listen to what's current, right? Yeah. Like so how that here's go? what's what. Like the singles. For, here's the what's what. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Number one song, Harry Styles as it was. This is the most boring music. This is like cold play, but boring error, you know? Yeah. yeah. This doesn't even have like <laughs> changes in key. It you know the the the, the this is just, 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 just straight Casio music. Everything is hello, hi, hello. I'm Harry Styles. Ooba dooba dooba dooba. And I'm like, <laughs> really? This is, this is the best we've got. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of bad number one songs, but keep going. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. this number this two. Always, okay, you yeah, know, uh, go ahead. The Harry Styles thing always prompts the discussion with my wife because uh, she, she shares the same birthday as Harry Styles. And I guess she thinks he's cute, uh, but he is not her favorite member of One Direction. That's the bombshell. Move along. I, I'm not sure I can name I, a Harry Styles solo song, and I suspect that for maybe four of these five, I'm going to have the same yeah. problem. The, only, the only thing I know about Harry Styles is he wrote a song called Watermelon Juice from his last album, I guess. But it's, that's all about uh, a euphemism for uh, oh, like women's genitalia being moist. I, I, I know that one because, yeah, uh, whatever, let's just keep going. <laughs> anyway, so Yeah, that's like way more about Harry Styles than I was even prepared right? to talk about, but yeah, yeah good. Okay. Number two is First Class by Jack Harlow. I don't know uh, this person. A white guy who really wants to sound like Jay-Z, uh, and, 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 and he's, he's the first of two performers on this list who has this, this problem that drives me up a fucking tree is that they really sound like they're too tired to <laughs> i'm so sleepy i can't talk i don't know man, no, yeah. man, yes no, i am man. they say you a superstar now damn i guess i am you might be the man well that's unless i am <laughs> okay i'll confess i am go ahead and get undressed i am okay cool you want sunset okay it's what's that what's that what's that woman's that woman what's that girl's name um uh who's really famous um is it billy eilish billy eilish she sounds like she she's in the middle of a nap every time she, she sings she looks like it as well no what's most so much worse than that is if you watch like american idol and you get all these women who are who are doing the same mush mouth baby talk accent thing and just, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. you watch american yeah. idol? these people these people these people oh, yeah. are not these people are not going to uh, legalize abortion. You know what I'm saying? They're going to stay at home and be lazy. They're not going to. They're not going to get up and do shit. Yeah. They're all passed out on their couch. Uh, the third is "Wait for You" uh, by Future, uh, and of course, there's another number of uh, featureings under there. But uh, yeah, I don't care. Well, I see Drake. Future, Drake's on that. Who one. also sounds like he's gonna see. I can't finish what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. you do that, it sounds like the Anthony Michael Hall doing the voice yeah. in Weird Science. Like, you know. yeah. Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> can't hold a small. That's one idea. Yeah. Lethal. It doesn't get. It takes until number four. For me to get to a song I actually really like, "About Damn Time" by Lizzo. Okay. Damn, this girl's good. 
I mean, this sounds, this is like a mix of like actual 90s hip hop and 70s disco. It's, it's, it's really good. You know? The video is really uh, trippy as well, by the way. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen the videos okay. yet. Well, la da da. And of course, number five, uh, this song, uh, Running Up That Hill by someone named <laughs> Kate Bush. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's astonishing. Yeah. Very, very synthy. Sounds it's very retro. Sounds very eighties actually. <laughs> I love you know? that so many people are rediscovering <laughs> like it's like they've never heard it before. It's like that shit was everywhere in eighty five, but I you know, whatever. Uh, well not just that, but there's been like a ton of covers in recent years of yeah. it. Like Really? Everyone's just okay, well, great. Thank, good job, <laughs> well, Netflix. You did it. Yeah, that's like the, the meme rolling around. It's like so uh running up that hill is the number one song. Uh Top Gun is number one at the box office and we were in a proxy war with oh, Russia. Right. It's like so we're just reliving nineteen eighty six is that's that's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Except that it was never that popular running up that hill in nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Yeah, I guess she broke a record um of shares for like oldest woman to make the top of the charts or something nice. like that. Nice. More power yeah. to her. Kite yeah. kite bush well, That's gonna word. happen though the that's gonna happen in uh the less people can you know actually create anything original. Yeah. Because everything is, you know, cashing in on the past. Well so there's there's nothing original anymore. Expect to see more oh, of that. Yeah. Nothing original. And anymore. Kate Bush was actually like the producer on that song too. She's got like all the percentages, so she's making oh, yeah. a bank on this. Yeah. Thing. Anyway, nice. Good for her. Good for her. That's what I did. That's my. That's my friend. Do you? Do you feel? You guys, go ahead, and I'll talk over you. Do you feel closer to the youth of the world now? Uh, you know it actually. Okay, I was afraid of it turning into a. In my day, it was blah, 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 but instead, it's yeah. It's in my day. You know, we we were awake. And, and there was actually some intensity, and, and, and we used to blow up mailboxes with M80s. You fucking kids today! All you do is like leave a leave a negative reply on a Facebook post. Bunch of in, in, in fairness, we're we're living through the stupidest possible timeline, and weed is weed is legal in a lot of states. So I can't really blame the young people for being like. Nope, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just um everything anyway. Everything's a shit. Yeah, maybe that's the the problem. They made weed legal and the people who smoke weed they're on our side on the left and on the right they don't smoke weed. They they still do like trailer park meth and they've actually <laughs> got some get up and go. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's it's largely beer, isn't it? Anyway, uh, but alcohol, yeah, that that'll drive you to to be a little more aggressive. Yeah. Anyway, uh, trailer park meth is the one I was thinking yeah. would really get you some you know, some good old PCP, good old fashioned PCP. That's you can clean a kitchen on PCP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, some good old fashioned peanut butter crank. Chris, you, you you got any uh, any fresh shit this week? Uh, well, speaking of old things that are new again, uh, I finished Pistol on Hulu at. Uh, I started Eric's that. suggestion. I'm, I'm only one episode in. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's it's every single music bio, biopic you've ever seen. I mean, they follow all of the, the tropes. Uh, they cut a lot of stuff out. They truncate some of the history. Uh, but the soundtrack is really good. So that's fun. Uh, 
but I was not. It's Danny Boyle being Danny Boyle. Yeah. I'm always I'm always into his his technique. You know, like the did you did you catch what I was saying about the intercutting where they're driving in a mini and they're cutting back and forth to the Italian job and yeah, just about the only reason for doing that was to hip you to the idea of what year you're in yeah except the the well, italian no, job I, was like I took another reason for that well yeah and, and the italian job was like made in 1969 and they're driving around in like 1975 so it didn't work for me quite the way no. it did for you i but i color no, the I, film it, the, yeah. the, the the ratio of the screen yeah i mean i it totally worked for me because what i took it as is this is what's going through the character's head, right? He's driving as many recklessly, yeah. and in his mind, mm. he's like, "This is just like the Italian job," and that's what he's thinking as yeah. he's doing it. I, I totally bought it that I mean, way. It's it's in that maybe in that one, yeah. But there are like others where they're showing file footage that's like, it's it's not just I guess of the period, but it's showing you the same color composition, yeah. the same mm-hmm. grainy film stock. It's like, yeah. It, 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 it ties it all into the same. Well, yeah, yeah they, I mean, they play fast time. and loose with it. So, I mean, I didn't hate it. It was enjoyable. Uh, I like the fact that John Lydon just had nothing to do with it whatsoever. And he tried to scuttle it through a lawsuit when it was starting production and he lost. Yeah. And I so, looked into that. It's basically, they asked him for, you know, his, you know, to approve, like approve the rights or whatever. Yeah. And he said no. And the band said yes. And he still said no, and that's what the lawsuit was over. Yeah, it's like mm. kind of not cool. It's like you ask me, I tell you my opinion, and then well, they went through. You anyway. sue me. So like, I mean, it was, but he lost he, apparently all his money fighting that lawsuit. Oh too. well, he'll be all right because he's got pil. But the <laughs> but the the thing is impeccably cast. I will give it that. It's a an astonishing. Uh, array of young actors doing their thing and it actually makes it believable uh but by the time you get to the last couple episodes and they're just basically doing this the Sid and Nancy show more or less that kind of takes over and then it's like well I've already seen this movie so I kind of tuned out a little bit so it was uh mm. a little bit eh so it fizzled like I thought like they kind of did but they did a good job of not letting that take over too much i i read it because i i I kept i i remember sid and nancy and it wasn't that long but it was more about how everyone else was reacting to them and using sid yeah i think the ending though (laughs) of of the three of them of of uh, cook vicious and rotten sort of shoulder to shoulder to shoulder singing into the same mic doing that rock and roll move i'm like yeah. that never fucking happened no, no that's what i have a problem <laughs> what with. i liked was the, that at the end too when they do the perfunctory scene where they have the pseudo reconciliation so it's steve jones and johnny rotten on the steps of the yeah i did it my way video for the great rock and roll swindle and they have like that just moment and it just it, to me it came off like the end of uh big trouble in china between jack and egg it's like we really shook the pillars <laughs> of heaven didn't we wang <laughs> it's just like that's what it reminded me of so uh, there's a lot going on there but i mean it's passable yeah. it's fun i like the cast uh i'm just astonished that most of the cast did not know any of the music that was being referenced until they did the movie so it's like fuck you so the kids these days, <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, 
Well, they're all listening to that sleepy time music. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then I, so after I finished that, I moved on to one you guys probably haven't seen and probably won't, but it's the spinoff from Letterkenny called Shorzy about the... Wow, the, you're right. I have never even heard of it. <laughs> I don't think you guys would get into it. It's, the, it's literally the most Canadian show I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it's just like drilled down to the core because it's basically... Uh, a riff on Slapshot, where Shorzy moves, gets traded from Letterkenny to this like shitbird old guy league in the middle of nowhere. There's like four teams, and then he's got to turn them around so that the team doesn't fold, and then brings in the veteran players and stuff. But it's just there's a lot of chirping. He's just an asshole character. There's a lot of funny bits that I won't go into because it's just too hard to explain. But if you've ever watched Letterkenny, and you haven't yet seen Shorzy, you're going to love it because it's just spot on, just hockey comedy boom, but very niche, mm. very, 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 huh. very niche. Uh, but that's on Hulu if you ever get a, a bug up your butt for that. Uh, and then lastly, I finished Obi-Wan Kenobi, and uh, that thing just fizzled hard for me. Just fizzled hard. Oh, wow. Yeah, does it? It's not worth it. I wish they would stop <laughs> like, giving people these prequel stories that they didn't really ask for just because they can fill in the gaps. It's like there's no, there's zero stakes. It's like we know what happens. Well, you know? <sighs> no, what, what, what's really shit is they kind of did a Han shot first thing at the end. I, I, I don't, Eric. Trust me, you don't you don't care if I spoil. I'm not watching this. Here. No, yeah. I already yeah. know I'm not going to watch. Good for you. Um, so at, at one of the the most interesting things about Obi Wan Kenobi, the character, is that he lies to Luke about the the identity of Darth Vader, and they undo that in the last show, <laughs> where where. Anakin literally tells Obi-Wan, no, I killed Anakin. You didn't, you know, it, it's, and, and like, I saw a meme now that was like, you know, Luke saying, you told me Darth Vader killed my father. And now Obi-Wan's like, that's literally what he said. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, well, also, you know, Luke is now, if Luke is having adventures with Ben, then the first time a droid shows up, he's not going to go. I wonder if this belongs to that what's his name who lives way out, you know, by Actually, they the cover that. Sea, yeah. that what the fuck? Okay, do they cover then uh Oh, never mind. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, Go ahead. It's yeah, banana. No, they they it it they cover that, but they kind of ruin the whole at this point there's that one one or two lines in the original Star Wars about how it's an ancient religion and nobody believes it and all of that. Like if they wanted to do an even more special edition, you know, revised or whatever, they probably just need to kill that line because it doesn't make sense given all of the Jedi shit going on right up until Star Wars yeah. now. It's just yeah. right. Uh, it's just yeah. It's to me. It's well. Also, does the series end with uh 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 an- with I guess Anakin slash Vader uh being but the learner so that now he can be the master yeah, he, by the time new hope happens. Yeah, they they do, do a, actually kind of yes. Yeah. They do a sequence where Kenobi okay, like good. beats the living shit out of him in a duel and it's literally like <laughs> they they're just reiterating like the the fight from the end of the third prequel movie where it's like you don't 
you don't have the high ground. Just give it up. And Vader is so obsessed with food killing him that he just gets his ass kicked all over again. So it's just like, damn. There's actually That's a point cool. where Vader throws Kenobi into a pit, and I half expected James Earl Jones to be coming out, and it's like, you cannot win. I have the high ground. Yeah. You know? it's just, oh, that would have been good. Did, yeah. They didn't do it. They 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 ruin everything else, so why not go there? But they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just really flat. So um, basically it's it's like the fan fiction stuff out there. I mean it's Yeah, just, it's totally fanfic. There, there's there's no there's no reason for it other than to just service that sliver of the Star Wars fan base that just somehow wants this and needs this. But yeah. I could take it or leave it, honestly. <laughs> I don't care. Welcome to my Trek hell. Yeah. So it's uh <laughs> yeah. it's goofy. This Obi-Wan Kenobi is is I mean, it was better not telling whatever that story was supposed to be. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> it was better off just not. Yeah. I like yeah. that. <laughs> so if you can top that, Brian, I dare you. Um all I'm going to bring this week, well, okay, I'll make a quick shout out. We never really talked about the event that was not E3 this summer. Uh, E3 is, you know, the annual video games convention and expo where all the marketing for the rest of the year would traditionally come out. And it's just gotten broken and worse and shittier over the years until COVID killed it. And so now it's just a bunch of companies doing a various sets of like, little streams or whatever where they show you some trailers and all of that and it's a mess but there's only one game coming out of not e3 this summer that i'm remotely inspired by and it's this little indie game called the plucky squire and the plucky squire is an indie game which is played out on the pages of a storybook and it really looks like it has the sort of visceral texture of paper um and the illustrations are storybook illustrations but then at some point the plucky squire escapes the storybook and like the adventures are running through this kid's room and jumping onto objects like you know mugs and pictures and stuff and it just looks inspired uh so check out the trailer for the plucky squire i guess other than that oh. not e3 was a miss okay um i mean they announced that that new Starfield game, which is Skyrim in space, and it just looks incredibly, like, overwhelmingly long and not interesting. I thought it looked too cartoony, especially for what they've done in the past. I mean, I really mm. like, uh, uh, you know, their games, particularly Fallout, and I'm like, I can't get into this this art style, I guess. Especially considering it's a sci-fi game. It's well, they're trying to do the thing that like No Man's Sky did, which is hey, you can go to a thousand planets and there's all this, you know, stuff to do. And it's like, okay, so none of it's going to be curated and polished, then it's just going to be procedurally generated crud, I guess. That's what I'm worried about. They're just trying too much. Um, but so the other thing that I'll bring today, uh, that I was pleasantly surprised by, um, the, the last show from the aborted 2020 Broadway season at Gamage to finally get to town is a Broadway show called Come From Away. 
Um, Come From Away is the story of this tiny little town. Um, I think it's in Nova Scotia. It's this little Canadian nowhere town um, that all the airplanes get diverted to on 9-11. It's, it, it starts on 9-11. Um, and it's, it's all these like local yokels getting invaded and like the town size basically doubles in a day because all of these people on all these planes get stuck there and then all the air traffic is shut down um and i hear that premise and i'm like eh but it is really really good um first of all just as a piece of theater it there's no set there's just actors and chairs and lighting and that's it and um every actor plays at least two characters often more than two characters and because of the way it's written and they cast people to play a specific set of characters um you can totally follow all these characters you do not get confused by who's who they they do different accents they sing in different accents um they the the show is nonstop. It doesn't even have an intermission. It just goes, 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 and the the characters are actually interesting and have arcs and are good. And somehow, this is also in the twenty two years, however long it's been, the most tasteful thing about nine eleven I've ever seen. Like, there's no <laughs> jingoism. There's no like beating you over the head. It's just about people reacting to extraordinary events, and I loved it. It was great. Was it better than Cats? A lot of things are better than Cats. <laughs> That's my baseline for most musical theater. Is it better than Cats? I mean, then you should just go see, like, everything. Because yeah. <laughs> Cats sucks, I mean, dude. How was, the, um, how was the sound? How was the lighting? These are all the things you always complain about actually, at Cambridge. Actually, the sound was perfect. Okay. Um, they had the musicians on stage with the actors. The actors are all singing. Everyone's mic'd. The mix was not too loud. The drums were not overpowering. It was pristine. It was great. Okay. Um, no, they they killed it. Are there? They freaking killed are it. Are there? And it's and it's not about a it's not about a sperm bank in the town of Away. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. I know it seems like it, but I think that's a different show. Yeah. That's a <laughs> I think that one's called Jizz Away, Eric. I'm not oh. sure. <laughs> Jizz from Away. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Uh... anyway, that's the fresh. Okay. So uh, let me just, if you see this on a, in a TV guide, let's say, back in the day, this is the synopsis. Dar, an ancient warrior with the ability to communicate telepathically with animal allies, sets out to stop the crazed plans of an evil high priest named Max and save his friends. Would you watch that? Well, I did Given the fact that I was, like, all into <laughs> Conan uh, right? and Dungeons and Dragons. Right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, actually, and, I uh, I have avoided so. this movie till my fiftieth year, and now I've seen it. You'd, yeah, that's astonishing to me. First of all, Brian. I hated it. <laughs> so I'm like, I hate, but then again, I hate every younger version of myself. Yeah. 
to the idea that I would watch this again and go, eh, is not surprising to me. Well, here's the thing that people tend to forget because it, it just sort of fell into the cracks of history, the Beastmaster. When it came out in 1982, uh, it was like the second or third movie from uh, Don Coscarelli who had done Phantasm in like 79, who would later go on to do Bubba Hotep and other stuff. Uh, it's an earlier role for Mark Singer, who would show up in V, the miniseries, like a year later. And then it's also... And a great movie called If You Could See What I Hear, which is <laughs> yeah. worth And then also uh, Tanya Roberts, who would go on to do View to a Kill and That 70s Show, etc. Uh, and then it's also got the dad from Good Times, for some reason, John Amos, uh, who would also be the dad in uh, Coming to America. <laughs> so it's got a very odd and Rip and Torn, Rip Torn as, the villain, as the bad guy. Rip Torn. Who, uh, basically made his own decision to do that weird prosthetic hawk nose thing. That was all him, like the director. Like they didn't have any clue what that was all about. So there's just so much strange going on here. So it came out the same year as Conan the Barbarian. Conan came out like May of 82 and just went gangbusters and blew the whole fantasy movie thing wide open. And then like three months later, you get this one, which almost feels like a cheap carbon copy of Conan even though they made them simultaneously and mm-hmm. got released. So it's always been a... Very- I bet they read the trades and said, oh, they're making a big, expensive Conan movie. We got to make our own thing. I don't think there that, was... Yeah. It was a coincidence. Uh, you would think, you would think, but uh, the screenplay began in like uh, the early 80s, pre-Conan by Coscarelli, and then he brought in another guy to help. It's based on a Andre Norton sci-fi movie or a novel called The Beastmaster. But they just they did so many changes to it that the author just said, take my name off. This is not even it. Uh, <laughs> so they just like put this out. But it's a movie that looks so epic in scope, but then also so cheap simultaneously. And it's always just <laughs> been a, yeah. a marvel to me that they could pull that off. It's just, it looks... Should we explain the story for once we never do that when we talk about a movie I mean, do we it. never tell people what it's about uh well i did the synopsis but if you uh, want to extrapolate do it i think okay let's go a little further uh a kid I- 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 who is the son of the king his dad is killed by the religious zealot that his dad casts out the religious zealot uh, uh what sort of be- becomes a horde that that fucks people up all across the land. Anyway, the kid has to be spirited out and uh, sort of Luke Skywalkered to another guy who takes care of him until he is of age. Uh, there's some other stuff where the mom got poisoned and the kid ends up with powers where he can talk to animals. Um, and he's he's got his fetus was transferred to a cow and witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah, rather than, some, some yeah, weird stuff. Rather than just kill the mom uh, right there, they decide the witch decides to do some magic frou frou and move the fetus to a cow in order to birth it and then kill it. I don't know; it doesn't make any sense. And and the way they show that is weird. It's like they they show a pregnant tummy and then it goes floof floof and then they what? Yeah, and the dad is next to the the mom going, "What the fuck? Oh, I'm poisoned!" Mm-hmm. Ah, it's. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah, that's all. Preamble. It's actually one of the more impressive sequences in 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 the yeah. film in terms of filmmaking. So this 
religious horde ends up coming to the kid's adopted town now that the kid is of age and muscular and uh, swarthy and uh, uh, wipes out his whole village. And uh, so he has to go to avenge, kill, yeah. I don't know. He's- and along the way, he picks up a, a ragtag band of kooky characters yeah, it's, to help it's him, very, some of whom are animals. It's very Wizard of Oz, isn't it? It's just, that's, when I watch it, I'm like, this is basically just a sword and sorcerer version of <laughs> Dorothy's Adventures in Oz. Because <laughs> it's like, you've got the yeah. the, the tin man, the, the lion, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's just, through, yeah, through, so, through the whole thing, like, he even picks up his, like, animal buddies, who he doesn't really have yeah. until he gets halfway through his journey. So he's got the... So, yeah. so here's the thing, right? Like, He's going along in the first part of the movie, and he's 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 collecting the animal buddies. He basically travels yeah. through the world, claiming things as his own and naming. I them. will call you Kodo. I will call yeah. you Frodo. Yeah, yeah, and and so and then he tries to go, and I think he tries to claim and name the girl. Right, like uh-huh. he 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 comes across her bathing in a pond, so we get Boobies. your obligatory boobs in the most yeah no the most the the uh, um I guess unsubtle boob shot because she's standing with her back to the camera and then because of, you know for no reason whatever does a complete one eighty turn like huh yeah. hey look look guys here are the titties here's what you <laughs> paid back for when you could do Woo-hoo! that in a PG movie so, yeah so Be- Beastmaster gets gets his ferret friends to steal her clothes and he gets his lion friend to threaten her just so that he can t- he can manipulate her right so he can be like well you owe me your life but I'll accept this as payment and then he basically tries to rape her um yeah. And now he's obsessed with her because he didn't finish raping her. And so later in the movie, he's like, but there's this girl and I, I wasn't done raping her and I need to go yeah. find her. Which, right? like, which, is made all, which is made all the ickier when you find out that they're actually cousins. <laughs> and they don't ever reconcile that yeah. at the end. Uh, it's so stupid. Well, sword and sorcery. I suppose there's a lot of that yeah. in those days. But it's, um, it's also sword and sorcery and rape. I mean, let's you know how much rape yeah, was there in the Conan true. movies? A little bit. Yeah. You know. So it's. But I I, I think it's but, a mistake to hold these movies to a Me Too standard and just say that we were all shitty yeah. back then before I, we I were agree. told we were being shitty. Yeah. But it's really hard to like get on this guy's side because he's just yeah. him he's just so me 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 right like even with the animal yeah. leave the woman out of it just the whole everyone is now my possession thing just i mean maybe i i'm yeah. sure it worked for 10 year old boys at the time uh but now it just doesn't work at all and i have no like alignment with this character well i mean yeah not to be a tool but it's the Beastmaster, I wasn't really on his side anyway. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the fucking Beastmaster for Christ's sake. What's wrong with me? Where did where did my life go wrong? <laughs> well, I mean, I saw it I saw it in the theater in eighty two and uh it was indelible because it's like boobies. That's literally the like your your takeaway from it. Uh sure. And you don't really remember like the movie's over and you don't remember really much of it. That's its weird but Charm. you remembered the boobies, yeah. So it did its job, uh, and it got your bucks. And then there's like a whole thing where they have to sneak into the weird temple to rescue her father, 
and then they have the thing with the evil wizard and then the horde like the the marauding horde shows up after that so there's like two endings and then everything's hunky-dory and then there's like weird like zombie berserker dudes with like big hands that's got like i don't know it's basically just big bludgeon balls on their hands. They just beat people to death. Yeah, with. It's like, I wasn't sure where that came from. Was so that the same as army as Rip Torn's, or was Rip Torn like a whole separate? Uh, that's yeah. That's like his pile of awful. His, I mean, his I, evil priests were doing that. I mean, there's a whole lot of nonsense going on uh-huh. to get to the end. So, so here's the thing, right? I and this was in my notes. I said this is concept art, the movie. Okay, like. <laughs> Somebody made some bitchin' concept right. art. And like, if you look at all of the different character designs and the and the settings and the you know the color and all of it, like, there's a great concept artist on this thing. And they tried to sort of take these images and make a story around them. I think, or take these designs and make a story around them instead right. of the other way around. Um, I will I will give them credit. Yeah, it's it's obviously budget, right? But I mean, the things that they do practically, the titties, first of all, right. uh, but also the animal training and the stunts are actually really, really well done. <laughs> like, they, they do a great job of, of selling these animals are sentient and following his instructions yeah. and doing these complicated tasks, and they, no CGI. Well, I like know? the fact that they were supposed to use a panther. And instead, what they got was a tiger that they just painted black because that was easier to uh, <laughs> to use. It was like a, a better trained animal. So through the, the course of the movie, you can see where some of the black has worn off and you can see the tiger underneath. I mean, it's just like it's just it's like I say, it's like a an Ed Wood movie almost at times. It's just so laughably and the- terrible. And then other bits are like, this has actually got some scope to it. It's just but it never reconciles. It's always been a weird, weird, strange thing. I- I'd love to hear a story that the the uh, the dye job on the tiger made all its hair fall out, <laughs> and then all the other tigers laughed at it. And it felt stupid, yeah. and it was a whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> that be why nice? were I, I don't understand why all these beasts? It's like okay, he's the master of them, so I guess they have to do what he tells them to. So they're not his friends; they're his slaves. Uh, I always got yes, the that's that's his whole. MO. I always got the impression they were more just you know they're all pals. And they can see through each other's eyes. I mean, I never got the idea that it's like they were beasts of burden that just did his bidding. That's what I. Although that's what I didn't get. Sometimes it's like basically he could talk to them, but he could make them. It's not like they had any agency. It's not like yeah. they ever said anything like, "I'd really actually rather bite off your leg." Yeah, I always felt there was. Oh, they were just. They I were won't. just like. You know, Master has given us a name, yeah. so yes, now that. I always, I always felt it was more like a weird Dr. Doolittle type situation. Basically, Dr. Doolittle in a loincloth, like, waving a sword over his head. Also, the two thief ferrets. Here's, here's a question Hodo for you, Koda. seriously. <clears throat> the two thief ferrets yeah. he meets because he's swimming or, you know, he's sleeping, and they steal his clothes, right? They, he's got, the, like, These a, ferrets a really bundle wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah, are they going to eat it? Are they going to trade it in at uh, the Buffalo Exchange? What are they going to do with this? They're ferrets. <laughs> I mean, they're just mischievous. They, they, little... They're not going to get the food in the pockets. They're going to get the whole uh, thing that doesn't have pockets. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is definitely in the same realm as like crawl, 
where it's like if you scrutinize it even slightly, the whole thing just crumbles. You just kind of have to go along for the yeah. ride. But what I I think is, but that's about the only fun thing about this movie is tearing it apart. Yeah. But the, it's just <laughs> astonishing that uh, it it tanked at the box office. I mean, it was like the 60th most popular movie of the year. Uh, it, and then it was on cable nonstop for yeah like a for decade. Ever. Like I didn't have cable. I I didn't. But every time I'm at a friend's house and you turn to that TV guide channel of like yeah. what's showing right now. And something was always showing the Beastmaster. Well, T- well, TBS would always show it when they had like a rainout for the Braves. And so you saw it constantly on TBS. They played it on <laughs> HBO all the time. So the big joke was on TBS was they called it the Beastmaster station. Uh, and then HBO was, uh, hey, Beastmaster's on. Because it was just literally 24-7. Was, it was aired like yeah. eight You got to understand, if you weren't around... If you weren't around for that period, uh, cable movie channels did not play anything you'd ever actually wanted to see. They couldn't get big movies that had come out. Those would wait to be on the ABC, you know, Sunday night special. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because there was ad revenue there. Paid cable, they they got whatever they could get. And so I think Beastmaster was like the top purchase for them and so they were just going to show it over and over and over and it's not on demand it's not youtube it's not netflix it's this is what we're showing right now yeah yeah Yeah. like it's just on and i don't think i don't think younger people actually really relate to that at all like just the notion that you have a bunch of choices yeah here's like 60 or so things that are all on right now and those are the only 60 things and one of them is always beastmaster yeah so we should do okay here's a show idea note note for later uh best of the sort of i don't know what you'd call them low budget or low the 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 movies that cable oh boy even titling this is going to be tough the movies that the cable channels showed in the 80s that were good show (laughs) because i'm thinking of like fade to black and uh times square and like all these movies that were just basically low budget whatevers, but because they were shown on early cable, you can yeah. see it. And before direct to video, right? Yeah. Like actual movies that people actually tried to release in theaters that really didn't find an audience until they were being shoved down our throats because they were, you know, cheap licenses. But anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. But on cable is where it sound it found its second life. Which sort of led to videos, and then uh, it eventually got some really shitty sequels in like the '90s that I won't even go into. I saw that, and it got a TV show. I didn't know they had made a two and a three and a four. Yeah, and uh, there was a series. Yeah, there was like a two, and then there was a series. As far as I know, but the the second movie did they manage to get back Kodo and Frodo? I don't know. I honestly, I've never seen the whole thing. Uh, I knew it was a bad idea. But like the second with Beastmaster two through the portal of time, uh, Wings Hauser is the baddie, and he ends up getting some sort of time portal and winds up in modern day L.A. or some shit, and then Dar has oh to go God. get him. I mean, it's like back <laughs> Toronto, yeah, back when they were that was like the the best way to keep your budget low was like, well, fuck this alien fantasy world. We'll just bring him to present day Los Angeles and we'll film at the docks and everybody will be yeah. cool. I mean, he was just, oh, come on. <laughs> and, and, and fight Skeletor because he was in the same movie yeah, at the time. Yeah, exactly. So. 
So it's so that, and then like some shitty TV series. So they like pulled a Highlander where they just, they made a, like recast it and then went on from there. It was just, yeah, a lot of bad. (laughs) But the fact that it found some sort of second life because it was such a cheap get for the networks that they could just air it constantly (laughs) is just funny to me because it's just if this movie had not had that it would have just died in obscurity i mean it would have just been though funnily enough they did write in some sequel bait the but you're the actual king yeah whatever dude i'm out of here and i'm the master are we ever going to resolve this will he (laughs) ever become the king of the goofy place Will he ever find yeah. his blah 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 yeah. blah blah? And I like I like Brian's thing. I'm the master beaster. I'll do what I want. Yeah, <laughs> the master beaster. <laughs> uh, but it's just so. I mean, all I've really got on this though is, I'm, it's frustrating because it feels like actually these people could have could have made a really good one if they just had a better script. Like I said, the stunts were great. Um, they knew their limitations. They had they had some good ideas, and then they just. But in the service of why, yeah. why do I care about any of this? Um, the only effect that really, really fails is a forced perspective city, which just looks like he's about to step on <laughs> yeah, it. You know, and I'm gonna go to Tiny Town now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then every time yeah. the the June Horde shows up in the distance, it's like really bad optical dust clouds. And that was because I guess the director was fighting with the studio over the effects, and that's what he got saddled with. And so he's like, "Fuck it, just leave it in. I don't care." <laughs> it's just shit like mm. that. <laughs> uh, I wonder actually if they realized they were making garbage. Well, they must have realized it after they cast Tanya Roberts because she's like the original <laughs> fembot. She doesn't yeah. really act; she just shows titties. And let's face it, that's what you guys remember. And well, here's what's so... You said so yourself. I gotta say, not a lot of titties, actually. We're making this sound this way This is a pre-surgery more... world. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of... No, I'm, know, I'm just saying not a lot of shots. Yeah. This was... This that was, was a... No, I wasn't... No, no, no. Tanya Roberts, we're fine there. I'm saying one shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just that <laughs> one sequence. Yeah, but, that's all you would but get. But here's what's funny is that uh, this the, the producers uh, basically forced Tanya Roberts on Dos, Don Coscarelli... He wanted Demi Moore. Uh, so could you imagine what that would have been like with Demi Moore? I mean, it's like, that would have been... Yeah, that would have been better. Uh, that would have been better. So I mean, she even then, she was a better yeah. actress. So they, they forced uh, Tanya Roberts on him, and then they also arranged with Playboy to do some sort of uh, like promotional thing uh, to coincide with the mm. movie. Uh, and then that issue apparently didn't end up going out until after the film had already been released, so it didn't really <laughs> help its prospects. In, <laughs> so. in, in fairness, uh, we should point out that um, the, the, the actor who shows by far the most skin for the most of this movie is actually our hero, the Master yeah. Easter, yeah. Uh, who is... <laughs> Basically wearing a loincloth. a loincloth the entire movie yeah. and is greased up to the nines. I mean, there's there's definitely, you know, plenty for 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 people who want to look at at men to look yeah. at on this dude. Yeah. And it's um, yeah, it's fucking hot. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. But Eric. it's also it's after <laughs> um, after Conan, which you had like big beefy Arnold and Mark Singer while he's cut. I mean, he's still 
pretty lean. It's like he's not a big, like, muscle-bound, yeah. kind of muscly beach yeah. dude. You know but, I mean, mean, Arnold, yeah, he was from outer space. That was, that was you know, bizarre that a guy that muscular is in a movie. Yeah. But Mark Singer just looks like a normal uh, superhero guy. Now. Yeah, and I bet that's why he wasn't in the sequels. He said, "Do you think I maintained that?" Fuck no, you. he's right. in the sequels. <laughs> he is in the sequels of the Master Beasters. He is. Yeah. Oh, oh geez. But he's like, you know, okay. he looks so much older though. It's just funny. Uh, also, uh, sidebar: I didn't realize this that uh, Mark Singer, our hero in this movie, his sister is Lori Singer, who was in Footloose. Yeah, I did not know that until I read up on it this week. <laughs> like that's. That's kind of a weird oh, connection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I, I always imagine this movie more nostalgically in my head. And then when I re- end up rewatching it every now and then, I'm like, it's just so terrible. But I'm still watching oh, Chris, it and I don't stop. You were the stop. target demographic at the time you were like 12. Yeah. Right? Well, so like this movie's got targeted right at your forehead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also it came out, out. This is, I mean, of course it sticks. But think about the year it came out, eighty two. I mean, uh, like in the top twenty, you had Raiders of the Lost Ark, you had uh, Star Trek Two, Poltergeist, and then First Blood came out. Conan, of course, and then that stupid other fantasy movie, The Sword and the Sorcerer, which is equally terrible, but it ended up making like forty million dollars or some shit that year just out of the yeah, blue can we, can we go one show without you mentioning star trek jesus <laughs> yeah uh but then you also get you, but you also get tron and blade runner uh so i mean it was a really weird year for this is killing me by conflating 81 and 82 but i'm gonna let it go <laughs> i'm gonna let it go no tron came out in 82 Dude, you said Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you of all people know that was not eighty two. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, well, I mean, but but I'm saying that it was still making money in eighty two because it had come out in the summer of eighty one, <laughs> so it was still in the theaters. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they didn't always pull. That's another thing, kids. They didn't always pull a movie out of a theater forty five days yeah, after it showed up. It just up. ran, and sometimes it would stay longer because it was still making yeah, money. It would just run and once run. upon a time in the West was in a theater for four years in Paris yeah. because people were still showing up for it. Uh, so there's like, like all these other deals. So I think by the time Beastmaster came out, everybody was just sort of like, oh, another one. You know what I mean? Because they'd already had a bunch mm-hmm. of genre shit. And it just basically died and then suddenly gets picked up by the, the TV stations and whatnot for like it or not. But it's just, as an artifact of the day, it's not even a good <laughs> sword and sorcery movie. It still will yeah. always get eclipsed by stuff like Conan and it will always be sort of second tier, yeah. but it always manages yeah. to get some sort of notice every now and then. I, for whatever reason, I don't. I just I've never been able to figure it out because just it's yeah, terrible. I I, I gotta I, say, you know, I had a theory on a, this. Go ahead. No, I had a theory on this. Like thinking about the comparison to Conan. Conan, I watched at that age, and I thought, wow, this is something else. And I watch it now, and I go, oh yeah, it's still good. You know, yeah. Conan the Barbarian is still a solid film, and this, of course, is not. And I realized at the age of 12, my camera lens, you know, what I was seeing all these things through was either immature or just not completely formed. It was different. And so 
it's like if it looks good to that eye and my current eye sees it for what it is, which is nonsense. Conan the Barbarian, I saw through that eye and I got the same thrill, but there was still more depth to it I wasn't getting yet. And right. I can watch Conan the Barbarian now and I can get that depth. And so it's still enjoyable just on a new level. Yeah. Beastmaster yeah. is sort of one note and you can enjoy it on one level. And that's a 12 year old boy. Yeah. Well, so, I yeah. And I think, I think the 12 year old boy eye is largely, you know, um, at that point in your life, it's like you're just starting to notice that there's a bigger world than what you've been thinking about. And it's all possibilities, and you're trying things on, and you're trying on fantasies, and it's like, yeah, I want to be the buff guy that can control the animals and get the girl, and maybe I could be something like that someday. When you're when you're our age, I think we're just coming at it going, please just show me something, anything that isn't like absolutely goddamn everything else. Yeah. Give me something to latch on to, right? The video games have better stories and are less sexist these days, but but you know. <laughs> um you know so if conan has still got something for you it's probably you know it's not aspirational it's not i want to be a badass conan it's that there's a story there and characters it's that philosophical yeah yeah the the whole the whole thing that uh, james earl jones brings to that movie with his his perspective it's like yeah yeah, yeah i can kind of see his point now well i mean yeah that is a wide gap between james earl jones doing Tulsa doom and Rip Torn doing Max. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's like yeah. night and day almost. Because I think Rip Torn understands he's in a cheeseball sword and sorcery epic and just plays it to the hilt. Whereas James Earl Jones, I think, plays it way more Shakespearean almost. And it just sort of lends a gravitas to it. Uh, so it's like a disconnect. Like they're both technically the same type of movie, but Conan is way more elevated over time because they took it more seriously. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and it was written by Walter from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it's just strange. But when Beastmaster came out, the, so, the reviews were just sort of like, meh, it was a big shrug. They're like, it looks both big and cheap. It's like, it's it's hard to tell what's going on. I mean, I mean was it, did it, did it get better reviews than you're the hunter from the future a few years earlier? Uh, I no. doubt it. But uh, but if you didn't have something like the Beastmaster, I guarantee you, you wouldn't have gotten something like the Deathstalker series a few years later, because it's just you know muscle bound guys in loincloths Fair. Uh, and naked chicks. I mean that's literally all those movies are. <laughs> so it's just this strange. I don't believe you. I'm gonna have to go watch now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just all right. But it's just astonishing that you had avoided this movie for so long, Brian. I'm just. I mean, why? Why watch not it? Not for me. I f yeah. I figure if you manage to miss it up until now, what is the reason to watch it now? Yeah. The podcast. I'm actually a little astonished. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little astonished that you would want to. Again, given the fact that only a 12 year old boy could find anything in this, you know, of well, value. Well, considering that it's about to turn 40, uh, and is still getting talked about online from time to time, that just to me is astonishing. Because it's not one of those movies that needs yeah. that sort of in-depth analysis. <laughs> yeah. 
We're so we're so desperate to not live in the present that we're nostalgic for the fucking Beastmaster. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, oh, guys. I mean, it's just you know, it is I, what I, it is. Is there anything else to say here? <laughs> uh, I mean, even by sword and sorcery '80s movies, uh, this is definitely down lower near the bottom for me and yet i will watch it every like four or five years just <laughs> randomly you said hey guys watch the beastmaster so we could do a show about it <laughs> thank you chris i mean mostly yeah it's like you were saying just <laughs> oh fuck i got this totally wrong this was chris's call now for some reason i thought brian you said let's do oh, hell no. no i haven't seen this now no. i realize that's our next show mm-hmm. yeah this- yeah, this is this is every Chris everything. We bring up a topic, and he's like, "Well, is that anything like this thing that was perpetually on cable when I was a child and was doing nothing but flipping channels?" It's my only thing. That's all I've got, sir. That's all I've got. But uh, oh my god, it's just we each have our shtick. This is Chris. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but even even by the the standards of the director Don Coscarelli, this is not good i mean phantasm has its issues but it's still relatively interesting in its approach because it's an indie flick and he's got something he's trying to say and bubba hotep is fun and he's much more refined as a filmmaker by that time but this is just sort of like hey we raise money at con we've got to make this movie now let's just go do it and it's just ugh, it's just it's just dreck it is so terrible but i don't know it's it's just got something, I guess, because it's still around 40 years later. So who knew? Who knew? But uh, it's still cheap. And that's why Amazon has the rights to stream. Yeah. it. So Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Yeah. Beastmaster. It's a movie. <laughs> and this is a podcast. And if you like it, you can subscribe to it. And if you like it, you can rate it on iTunes. And if you like it or don't like it, you can tell us what you think. You can tweet at us. We are at We Mag love Huge. getting ideas from our, our listeners. Yeah. If you yeah, have please. an idea and you send it to us, you're all but guaranteed to get a fucking show out of it. I, <laughs> Unless it's Beastmaster 2. Don't don't even go yeah, there, we're, guys. We're not, but, we might even yeah. put your name in the goddamn title. There's a there's an offer. You give us an idea we use, we'll say this is you know Fred's show about Beastmaster 2. <laughs> so if yeah. you want us to blame you for an episode of the podcast, tweet at us at MagHuge, M-A-G-H-U-G-E. <laughs> Or go to our Facebook or Instagram with the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com and go to our website to, so you don't have to remember any of that. It's, it's maghuge.com. Check it out. Masterpiece. Maybe in the title, we'll, we'll, we can do like, we can do like uh, uh, proposals. Like if you want to propose to your girlfriend, no. Like, no. like a romantic no. gesture. Or if you want to tell your no. child you're sending him to boarding school, we can do no. that as a title for a show. Just write us, we're lonely. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>